It's said that your real life begins where your comfort zone ends. Well, it's about to get real as we have radically authentic conversations to help you thrive in your personal and professional life while navigating the twists and turns of being human. Buckle up, because this might get uncomfortable. Starts right now with Whitney Lordson. Right before I started recording, I was looking at myself in the webcam for the video version of this and realized I don't need to be wearing these headphones because I'm not talking to anyone right now. I'm still getting used to being a solo host on the days that I don't have a guest. And if you have not listened to last week's solo episode where I announced Jason's departure from the podcast, please go listen to that just to have a little bit more context. Today, I want to talk about 2022. We are just a few days away from that. Well, depending on when you're listening. And also, as I generally like to share, I record the episodes at least a week in advance, usually a week and a half to two weeks to give the editors time to work on the show. But this is just about a week ahead of time. It's about to turn the 20th of December. It's actually really late. This is a big advantage to recording on my own as I can record whenever I feel like it for better or for worse, actually. The pro is that since I'm a night owl, I can record at 11.52 p.m. Pacific time, which is exactly what time it is right now on December 19th. The con is that I've been trying to record this episode at least for today. I've been thinking about it for a while. I, you know, probably out of respect for the editor should have done this days ago, but I really struggle with procrastination. And this kind of ties into today's topic because this is the time of year where a lot of people are making New Year's resolutions, thinking about what they want the next year to be. And I'm not sure if this was ever brought up in a previous episode, but actually I know for sure Jason had mentioned the big shift he went through in the past. His big end of year ritual was to create a vision board and to try to manifest what he wanted to happen. And I'm fairly certain that he mentioned that in an episode, maybe last year around this time, I'm not sure. After 300 episodes, you start to forget. And so in case I hadn't really commented on it, you know, I also fell into that ritual of trying to shape my life in a direction that I really wanted it to go. And in the past year, at least, probably maybe two years now, I've let go of that because it doesn't serve me personally. I think there's a lot of societal pressure just watching what other people are doing and habits, you know, like we see other people doing things or we've done them a ton of times and we just keep doing them even if they're not really working the way that we intended. So today's episode is me sharing some things that I see as predictions and trends for what could happen in 2022, specifically around mental health, social media, technology, health in general, some data behind that for those that are into data like I am, and also some things that I'm hoping for and things that I'm doing personally. 
So to wrap up what I'm saying here is I don't have any plans for 2022. And I, I think actually the last two years have has resulted in that for a lot of people, right? Because as we learned in spring 2020, there's a lot that's out of our control globally. And I think it's always been the case, right? But there was something about the pandemic that really put that right up in our face of so many plans that people were making that had to be changed or canceled because of the pandemic. As of the time that I'm recording, we're going through another big wave of that. And regardless of your stance on COVID, it is getting bad again, numerically. And that's going to shift the way that people are going about their lives. Actually, again, since I'm recording this on December 19th, there's a huge wave of COVID cases in New York City. And it's been interesting living in Los Angeles across the country, but feeling like that's about to happen here too, and wondering how the country and how the states are going to respond. And it's just like a little bit of tension for me. Now, fortunately, I didn't have any travel plans or even plans at all (laughs) moving forward. I even canceled like a massage just to be on the safe side right now because it just feels like this looming threat. And again, not everybody's going to respond that way. But if you didn't know this already, my, my comfort level with COVID is to be very cautious. And it's a trying time when we're in a holiday season, but also moving into another year and thinking, oh my gosh, this is going to be the second year of the pandemic. Like There are moments where that really feels heavy for me. And I want to acknowledge that because I imagine you're feeling some sense of that too. And I know some people are less concerned about COVID than I am. In fact, maybe a good percentage of people based on my experience tend to be a little less concerned than I am. And great. You know, some people feel very comfortable going about their lives in all different ways. But unfortunately, since we're not all on the same page, we can't just go about doing whatever we want because sometimes things are closed or restricted or other people are just not willing to plan. And I think that requires us to have so much flexibility, which is generally a really good thing to practice because nothing is guaranteed no matter how much we plan. This is especially a good lesson for me. I'm a huge planner. I feel safe when I plan. And yet, sometimes I feel a lot of pressure when I plan. So there's something simultaneously relieving when I feel like things are up in the air. Going back to my initial comment about procrastinating this episode, I observe that a lot. I think about why I procrastinate and simultaneously love to plan. You would think because I plan so much that I wouldn't procrastinate, right? At least that seems logical to me that I would say, okay, this is the deadline and deadlines tend to help me a lot. I'm going to get this done. But since college, at least probably high school for a huge part of my academic years, I would be that person who would stay up till the 11th hour, literally where I'm at right now recording this and get my homework done and be exhausted. And I'm sure I pulled all-nighters and would literally wait until the last minute before I had to go to class and turn in an assignment. That is the type of person I became. And it's interesting looking back at our roots and like why we either develop that way or why our brains work that way. And as I've talked about before, I've wondered about me being neurodivergent. I have not been diagnosed that way, but I have a lot of 
traits like that where my brain felt like it didn't fit into the structure of school and work environments and socializing and all of these things. And that can be tricky. But the reason that ties into 2022 and just a new phase of any type, whether it's a new year, a new month, a new week, a new day, we always have the opportunity to reflect on how we've been operating and how that's serving us. And also being less critical of ourselves. For so long, I used to beat myself up for things like that, like procrastination. I felt shame around that. Like, oh, I'm such an awful person. I can't ever get things done. Like, why can't I be like everybody else and turn things in, you know, on time or early or, well, I would turn things in on time. Why wouldn't I like get it done by 9 p.m.? Why would I wait until 12 a.m. or 3 a.m. or whatever time, right? Like, I felt shame because it seemed like everyone else had it easier and maybe they had a different system and there was something wrong with me. And I think this time of year can bring up a lot of those feelings. It feels like an opportunity for us to like readjust and like get ourselves literally in shape. You know, so many resolutions are are revolving around our diets and our health and exercise and, you know, trying to like do things in a way that we think are right or good or better. And I think that can actually be very dangerous for our mental health, especially because most people do not follow through with their resolutions. I forget what the statistics are, but I think the average person gives up on their New Year's resolutions if they set them within like a few weeks, like 14 to 21 days, if, if I'm remembering correctly. And why is that? probably because they're not setting themselves up for success or maybe they just don't work. Just like statistically, diets don't work. And I remember for so long feeling confused by that statement, like diets don't work. What do you mean? Like they've worked for me. I've been on this and that diet. But when I started to learn about intuitive eating, and this is a little bit of a tangent, but a timely thing to bring up is I recognize that all this time and energy I put into trying to like eat a certain way because I thought that was the way that I should eat, that was the optimal way, and that would get me the best results. It was forcing me to change in an unsustainable way. And I've talked about my keto diet. In fact, an upcoming guest uh, this Friday, I believe, is my friend Liz, who is a fellow vegan keto cookbook author, and that's the way she eats. That's how we met. We talk on that episode about how it's not 100% for either of us. Now, she eats keto, I believe, more frequently than I do. And the reason I bring that up is not only because the episode's coming up, but keto is something that I have these like pulsating relationship with or like the ups and the highs, not even highs and lows. Like I swing kind of back and forth. I really like the low carb diet as I'll share more about in that upcoming episode. But I'm not always going to eat that way. And even when I do eat that way, I tend to have more of an intuitive relationship with it. And that actually feels more sustainable for me versus the strictness. And something I've wondered about myself, like, do I just not work well in strict environments? Do I tend to rebel against deadlines and rebel against structure? Is that why those feel so challenging for me? But maybe most of us don't really thrive in those like kind of tight structured things for way too long because I think as human beings, we crave freedom and flexibility and life demands freedom and flexibility or at least flexibility (laughs) because it's constantly changing, which is something I talked about last week. And I think this is all very important to consider 
first of all, why, if you're feeling compelled to set some resolutions for yourself to make a big change, I encourage you to ask yourself, why? Where is that coming from? And what is your personality in terms of how you thrive? Because some people, I think, do thrive on structure. I don't know if they can do that sustainably in the long run. It seems to me that most people really struggle doing anything super strict and structured for a very long time. But there are certainly exceptions to that rule. And that all depends on your personality and just like the context of your whole life. So really getting to know yourself and where you thrive, but ultimately asking yourself that important question of why are you doing something? Is it truly for you? Is it because of cultural conditioning and pressure and does it feel comfortable to set resolutions? You know, especially if you've been in the habit of it for a really long time, perhaps that tradition, that ritual feels good. And maybe it actually feels completely fine if you don't follow through with it. Maybe you're used to not following through. But then my feeling, my next question, I guess, from there is, do you really feel okay with not following through? Me, I really struggle with that. I feel shame around not accomplishing something. But that in itself is something I can work on. It's like, all right, I can try something. And if I fail at it, if it doesn't go the way it's planned, I can practice letting go and recognizing that things will not always turn out the way I intend them to. So there are lots of layers to this. Like this is not an easy thing. I think New Year's resolutions tend to feel very cookie cutter, like standard. There's a lot of marketing around this too, which can feel challenging and uncomfortable. And I just think ultimately asking yourself why is the most important thing to do. And then you can determine what's going to work best for you beyond that. Now, a few things that I've been examining, I have some notes here that just disappeared as I was pulling up uh, the data. I think it's really helpful to see like where things are going societally. And especially when it comes to these trends within certain categories that we're interested in and figuring out how to use them to your advantage. For me, I also feel comfort in in expectations, even if I know that they may not turn out that way. Like I just kind of like knowing what could happen, <laughs> what's like more likely to happen, I suppose. So maybe this, this will give you some comfort if you think like that too. One of the big things that ironically kind of ties into all of this. I don't know if ironic is the best word, but but coincidentally, maybe, is that especially for Gen Z, there is a, an Instagram article or blog post about trends coming up. And it was mostly focused on Gen Z, which I feel like because that generation is so like influential, literally through social media, but also in the way that the younger generations tend to have such a big impact in the media, which then has a ripple effect in all of our lives, like music and movies and TV and all of these things that we consume. Gen Z right now is having a major impact on. And so I thought this Instagram insight was really fascinating. And I can link to this in the show notes if you would like, which is at wellevator.com, W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com. And the big theme it felt like for 2022 is redefining how we approach life. 
So that ties into some of the things I'm sharing is like, do you want to, will you benefit from redefining how you approach a new year? Gen Z tends to be very future focused, which is perfect for thinking about the next year. And they tend to consistently create the reality they want to live in. Although from my observations, I feel like that's more of a desire. They want to create that reality. But it also seems like Gen Z as a whole, especially from my viewpoint on TikTok, where I I do a lot of my um, cultural examinations and market research, it seems like Gen Z doesn't feel like they're reaching that quite yet. And and I think a lot of us can relate to that. I don't know if anybody feels like they're fully creating the reality they want to live in. Some people are, but I also feel like there's so much about like that Instagram perception of, I have everything figured out and I have the best life and I've checked off all the boxes, you know, whatever those boxes are, we can put out this front, this facade of having it all together just so that we look good to other people, you know, keeping up with the Joneses and keeping up with the Kardashians, creating this dream life perception so that other people think highly of it, of us. But I'm, I'm very curious, does anybody really feel like they have, their life is the reality that they really want to live? I don't know. I think that's one big thing I've learned from this show is that nobody feels fully satisfied because they're always striving for more. And that's actually a good thing. As long as you don't get, as long as it doesn't deeply affect your mental health in a poor way, I think striving and never feeling satisfied gives us a reason to live. So maybe just the idea of creating the reality that you want to and never ending might actually be a good thing. Gen Z is also really into exploring new territories, which is I'm a millennial and I I can relate to that. I feel like I love to explore. It makes me think of my road trips and I can really relate to that. That's something I want to do more in 2022. I've got a couple big trips that I've been slowly starting to plan. And I think traveling in general, especially because of the pandemic, is something a lot of people are yearning for. And road trips for me have been a really wonderful way to experience that. And another big thing that I consistently want to create for my own reality is connection with family. That's going to tie into a big theme that I found through my research and observations as well, which is community. But we'll get there later. Family though, I think the pandemic helped me place even more emphasis on that. I've been very family oriented my whole life. But knowing that life is so precious and we don't know what's going to happen and people can get sick and, you know, the saddest part of this global experience of COVID has been that so many people are affected in ways that many of us didn't see coming. So it made me want to spend more time with the people that I love and family members that I hadn't seen in a long time. And I did that in this year in 2021. And I want to do that again in 2022. And I encourage you to think about that too. I imagine that you have, but really thinking of ways that you can connect with people that you care about, or maybe even people that you didn't even, you didn't feel like conscious that you cared about, right? Which, which may sound a little odd, but some of us get so in our heads or we put up walls and we guard ourselves from feeling deep connection to others. But that's such a huge part of our humanity that we need to prioritize, in my opinion. I think that's actually key to our, our well-being is 
is making sure that we're in touch with people that care about us too. And sometimes we lose sight of the fact that other people care about us. <laughs> I was having a conversation with someone earlier today about this. And it started by asking some questions about this person's family life and realizing how different they grew up and how disconnected they were from their family. For me, I grew up with the privilege of being very connected to my family, not just my immediate family, but my grandparents and my cousins and my second cousins and you know all these relatives. And it wasn't until that conversation earlier today that I recognized like how many amazing people I'm related to that I just kind of took for granted. And so now I have to be very conscious or I'm choosing to be conscious of those special relationships and cultivating them. We have to put effort into them. And it doesn't have to be family, of course. I've put effort into my friendships and that can sometimes be really hard and uncomfortable. I tend to be a very anxious person and I get anxiety about what my friends think about me and think, you know, and my family. But wondering, does someone really like me? Or are they talking about that badly about me behind my back? Or was I weird? Was I awkward? You know, like I'll get so in my head about that. And I have to push through that and say, it is worth the risk of embarrassing myself or someone thinking poorly of me, not liking me, which I can't really control. But it's worth the risk of putting myself out there to create connection because I found a lot of times people think highly of me or, or at least neutrally. <laughs> so it's much better than poorly of me. And maybe those people are just as anxious about what I think of them. And so by reaching out and connecting with them, we can create more of a bond and be there for each other. And that is all increasing. Maybe it's age too, just getting older, you realize these things. But spending time and traveling with people, so bringing this back to that travel component, just seeing people made such a big difference. And I hope that in 2022, something will shift so that we will all collectively feel more comfortable traveling and connecting with people in person. But again, stay tuned because I will talk about different forms of community later on in this episode. Another thing in terms of Gen Z, but also something to apply to many of us, which is reevaluating goals and what success means. And certainly the pandemic has inspired a lot of us to do this. And that's specifically success. Work-life balance is something that more and more people are, are focused on. Alternative paths to get to our goals and success, whatever that means. How our choices and our careers impact our emotional health and well-being. Stress management is actually something that data is showing is, is growing as a priority in people's life, which really excites me. And I think that also ties back in to what I was sharing earlier about resolutions. You know, the more I've studied dieting and exercise and career stuff and success, the more I've realized how much of that actually contributes to stress, ironically, because you would think that a good diet would help with stress. We, we hear this a lot, right? And I think the way that we eat certainly has a relationship with our stress levels. But if we are too restricted, if we don't feel free within our food choices, if we're doing it for a reason that's more about external validation versus internal satisfaction, that will cause us stress. So while on the outside, we may look healthy and maybe our blood work looks great, but if you're going to these great lengths to eat a certain way, 
for me at least, I found that caused me more stress. Intuitive eating has made a huge difference on my life. And I also have about a history of disordered eating. And that in itself was really stressful. You know, I've, I've associated stress and food a lot. And I, moving forward, would like to get rid of that correlation. And exercise too. Exercise, from my understanding, not being a, a medical professional or scientist, or biologist, whatever, but my general understanding is that exercise is causing stress on your body, but sometimes that's good stress and temporary stress, sometimes different types, right? So we have to find out what type of stress is good for us, healthy for us. And that's going to depend on a number of different factors. And this is such an important thing to remind ourselves of because there are so many one size fits all approaches to exercise. I was actually thinking about this very, um, not in like a deep way, but just came across my mind. I saw some people working out in a television show that I was watching and I'm like, oh, I hate that exercise. And then I thought, why don't I like that exercise? Like, it seems like it would be good for me to do, like good for cardiovascular. They were like in planks, uh, what's it called? It's like where you step in place in planks. I can't remember the term, but it's something actually that in a lot of the classes that I've taken over the years, we do. I don't know why I can't think of what that is called. You're basically like doing a plank, but your knees are coming up to your chest. And I just don't like that move at all. It feels physically uncomfortable in a way that like not a temporary way. And this is the thing that I've noticed about exercise is there's a difference between like the temporary discomfort of like, I don't really like this, but I'm going to move through it. And maybe over time, I will like it. Or you're consistently not enjoying something like why would you continue to do that? Like, Personally, I'm like, I just don't like doing that specific move. So why would I over and over and over again force myself to do that? It just doesn't serve me on an emotional level where there are plenty of other exercises that could give me the same, if not similar results. And that's why I have an issue with this one size fits all. So if you feel really good about running or walking or doing yoga or swimming, I mean, there's so many forms of exercise. We can find the one that works best for us. And then we can also find the pacing and the timing and the types. And there's like all these nuances, which makes it so wonderful that we can find that work well for us. And I also think ultimately trying to find more customized advice when it comes to exercise and diet is so important. And also trying to observe who's trying to sell us something, especially this time of year. Like I said, there's so, going to be so many people trying to sell you their books and their courses and their in-person classes, if those are happening, and their food and you know, on and on and on. Like There's so much marketing involved. And on one level, that makes sense. That's how our world works right now. People need to make money and we buy goods and services from others that we are not creating, right? But sometimes they're being done just to make money from you, not for your better good. So be very discerning this time of year is something that we need to continuously just observe. You know, who is trying to sell me something and why? Is it something that I really want and need? Is this a good fit for me? And investing whenever possible 
whenever it's available to you, investing in some custom guidance will go a long way because sometimes you only need to learn something once and apply it for the rest of your life. Or maybe it's only a few years. It's it's like going to the doctor, you know, you get your blood test done and they check you up and they give you some custom advice based on where your body is at. That's something that I'm valuing more and more for my mental health and also just to optimize my body for my for what my body needs at this stage in my life. And I think in the past, I used to try to apply all of this cookie cutter stuff, like even flashbacks right now to reading magazines as a kid that would have just like these basic exercises and they were promising like huge results. And I would try all these things and I wasn't getting those results because of a number of factors, right? And it was like these magazines just wanted to sell me on buying them. And I would keep buying the magazines and trying all the things and nothing was working. So I felt defeated. I felt shame. I thought I was doing something wrong when the reality was they were just not right for me for whatever reason, or they weren't the right system that I needed. You know, I mean, like the accountability, the whatever else, like I had to learn over time what worked well for me. And that's not going to be this quick thing that you can accomplish within a few weeks or even a few months. Like this is sometimes a lifelong thing. So something else to keep in mind is that not everything's going to be resolved in January, but maybe not in 2022, right? Like this could be the rest of your life that you're working on something. And that's where a slower pace and a mindful pace can really support you. And coming back around to this reevaluation and balance and thinking about how things impact our mental health and the stress management, it all ties in. Another big factor of all this stuff is, of course, budgeting, saving money. This is top of mind for Gen Z, but actually for most people, there was a really good report that I read that said the economic impact of the COVID-19 crisis has brought to light the deeply rooted financial struggles that many Americans face. And I think it also touched upon the UK, but I imagine like a lot of people around the world, wherever you're based, are in a similar position. There was even this term that I don't think I'd heard before called financial fitness. I thought that was really interesting. So that ties into what I just said is not just like working out your body, but your mind and your finances, I guess. A little bit of a stretch, I suppose, but that term is interesting. And some of the things that people are struggling with right now are lack of assets, too much debt, money management challenges, not knowing what financial services to use or not having access to them. These are creating financial anxiety and stress. And I really think it's important to acknowledge that, especially when it comes to fitness and food. As I just mentioned, this one size fits all model that a lot of us keep seeing may not apply based on your financial situation. Each of us have to examine our lives through the lens of where we're at in that moment. And that actually ties in nicely to the sponsor who has sponsored this month's episode, Simply Codes, if you haven't heard me talk about them yet. I think they were one of the greatest things because I am looking at them like every single day when I'm making a purchase, especially this time of year. I tend not to shop online a ton. I'm kind of like only when I need to type of shopper. I really like shopping in person, but again, the pandemic has changed some of that for me. 
But this year I was shopping online for presents. I was buying presents for some people that I'm close to in my life and just found myself looking at things for myself. As I talked about recently, I was doing some Black Friday deal shopping or whatever you want to call it, Cyber Monday, like just buying things that I had already wanted, but felt like we're a little bit of a financial stretch. And my favorite tool for figuring out how to save money any time of year is using coupon codes. And that's what Simply Codes does. They are one of the largest sources of coupon codes. But what I love about them, and I'm going to get into a little bit later, is the community factor. A little sneak preview is that they are very community oriented in that people are contributing coupons together. They're sharing all the coupon codes that they like. And Simply Codes created this amazing extension that you can use on your computer or your phone. Right now it's iOS only. So Apple Apple products like your iPhone, your Mac computer or iPad, you can download their app and install this extension. And whenever you're on a website, check and see if there are coupons available. And Simply Codes has just a beautiful layout. One of my favorite features is that you can see immediately the codes that have worked the most recently and most frequently. The highest chance of success are at the top of the list. You can try out the code and then there's a little like survey that pops up and it's like, did this code work? And you can say yes or no. I find that very satisfying because I want to contribute to the community. I want to let other people know if I had success and that makes the whole system work even better. I'll talk about Simply Codes a little bit more, but if you want to check them out right now, you can go to simplycodes.com slash Wellevator. That's spelled W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R. And that'll lead you to the new iOS app to try out. But if you don't have an iPhone, just go to simplycodes.com and you can install it on your web browser. All right, let's see what else in this trends. I have a long list of things, but I find this also fascinating. Oh, this was kind of an interesting phrase. I don't remember where this came from. Maybe it was from the Instagram report, but taking what already exists in unexpected directions and looking ahead. I think that's just what we naturally do, but maybe that's something helpful because a lot of us feel like this pressure to reinvent ourselves and do things completely differently because it doesn't things like feel like something's working. And especially when it comes to our finances, if we're trying to budget and save and we feel stretched thin, a lot of times what we do is look at what we already have and see how we can stretch it more, how we can make something work. And this actually ties into another big theme with Gen Z, but many of us are experiencing is minimalism. And that usually involves repurposing and reusing and thrifting. Those are all really big things because if you want to kind of keep things minimal in terms of your expenses and your resources, you could reuse something that you already have. You could repurpose it. You could take it and do something completely differently. And and that's so much better for our environment. It's better for our budget and our mental health. Like it kind of benefits everything. And so... We can do this even emotionally in some ways. We can just try to reframe and that's always available to us. Sometimes our brain tricks us into thinking that things are really complicated or really negative, but a reframe can help us realize that it might actually be simpler. We might have the answer already or maybe the answer is kind of hidden below something else that we've thought of. You know, a lot of problem solving tends to be so simple that by the time we figure it out, we're like, wow, I had the answer all along. Or or we think, why didn't I think of that before? So this 
taking something that already exists into unexpected directions is kind of interesting on a number of levels. A big focus for many of us is wanting more joy, trying to be more optimistic, finding ways to express ourselves using more creativity. And this all ties in too, right? Like, I think the reason people are very interested in general about minimalism is actually going towards the famous book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, is that it can actually make your life different and bring you more joy. And, And that's the big question that Marie Kondo, the author of that book, asks is, does this spark joy? And that might be like the best way to go into 2022. Like if you're sitting here reflecting on the end of 2021, moving into a new year, like maybe just sitting down and asking yourself, does this spark joy? You could do this with items that you own. I mean, that's the whole point of that book is like getting to that minimalist mentality. Like what are you actually using? What has a purpose and what brings you joy? And you can go through your wardrobe and items, the books. I remember it was a big part of that. That was really hard for me. But picking each individual item up and asking, does this spark joy? But you can do this with practices. Does the way that you're eating spark joy? Does the way you're moving your body spark joy? Are you like me where whatever that exercise uh, that I can't remember, hopefully by the end of this episode, I can remember the name of that. I feel I wanted to say like running man, but that is definitely not what it's called. I'm not going to look it up. I'm hoping it comes to mind. Anyways, going into the minimalism a little bit more is how much that involves our awareness about what we're buying, what we're keeping, what we already have, and where things are coming from. I think a lot of us are striving to be more sustainable. We want to support small businesses. And one of the challenges with that, though, is that small businesses tend to be a little bit more expensive than the big businesses that have the money or the resources to, or the subsidies, right, to make things cheaper. Or big businesses like Amazon, right, they have a whole system where they can reduce their prices. And they can offer free shipping and subscriptions and all of this. Like not a lot of small businesses are able to do that. And so they can't match that same price. But by you spending a little bit more money to directly support a small business, that's actually great for our economy. That's great for the small business person's mental health. That's great for the environment. Uh, Based on the resources, there's so many factors. And that's another reason why I love Simply Codes. And I mentioned this again in the episode a few episodes ago about like holiday shopping and anxiety. I was really excited about using coupons and having sale days like Black Friday and Small Business Saturday and Cyber Monday because with the reduced prices, I felt more comfortable buying high quality products because like there was one, for example, that this supplement that I really wanted to buy, but it was so expensive, especially for the very first purchase. I'm like, is this even worth it? But because of coupons and because of special deals that I found, I brought down the price a bit to feel more comfortable buying it. And that's why coupons can be so incredible, right? Or just getting free shipping sometimes is amazing. And maybe you really want to buy direct as opposed to from a big company like Amazon, but you're kind of stuck in that mentality of the convenience and the cost effectiveness of Amazon. First of all, I encourage you not to have shame around that. I think a lot of people 
feel like they're justified in, in judging you if you shop on Amazon. I've certainly found myself feeling self-conscious about that. But honestly, sometimes convenience is really important for our mental health. And sometimes saving money is really important for our lives. And that's okay. But with tools that allow you to get the best of both worlds and be able to make something very convenient and save money, which is exactly what SimpliCos is designed to do, it's actually helping your life in some pretty substantial ways. And that's exactly why I brought them on the sponsor. With minimalism, there's another phrase. I can't remember where I read this one, but I will read this quote out loud and I'll find the somebody to attribute it to. If people find comfort and calm in each other and they don't need to buy stuff to make themselves feel better, if they find self-worth and value in a community, then retail therapy rings hollow. So finding comfort and calm in community, finding ways to feel better instead of just buying something or doing something kind of superficial, for lack of a better word, or not deep, not enriching, that'll give you like a temporary satisfaction. But when you can connect with other people, when you are tapped into your value and your self-worth, that has so much deeper meaning than trying to buy something to fill the gap. And I know that maybe sounds like counterintuitive to what I was just sharing about purchasing and, you know, how some things we buy because they are retail therapy and some things we're buying because we really need them. Like that supplement, going back to it, I found out that my vitamin D levels were low. (laughs) I keep bringing this up, but like, this is such a good example. I've, I've mentioned this, this is at least a third time on an episode. This vitamin D I really wanted to buy because it's such good ratings by multiple people that I trust. But I'm like, the price, the sticker shock. I could have bought a variety of different vitamin Ds, right? But I really wanted this one. So it felt so good to buy it. I feel excited to have it and grateful for it. And it's really contributing to my health. Like that's a completely different thing than me buying some like fleeting item that's just making me feel good in the moment through retail therapy. And that's the big difference here is like really diving deep into your self-awareness. So you know who you are, why you're doing things and what really means something to you. And I think this is a great time of year to think about that. All right. So the final section of all this that I have hinted at is community. And that ties right into what I just shared. So many of us are yearning to spend more time together. And I think ideally that would be in real life, IRL, in person, however you want to phrase it. But right now, especially in... Now it's December 20th because it's past midnight. One of the last videos I saw before I started recording was a TikTok video about this guy talking about how tough it is to be experiencing a a wave of COVID during the holidays and how... I've been seeing countless videos of people, especially in New York City, where right now that big wave is happening that got COVID. And I guess they can't travel. I'm not fully sure about what the travel rules are right now, but it sounds like people are having to quarantine or choosing to quarantine because they don't want to get other people sick or maybe they're not allowed to fly. I don't know. I guess like once you get a negative or wait, a positive COVID test, what's the term? Yeah, when you when you test positive for COVID, then 
maybe you're not even allowed to leave technically, like, which sounds like extreme. I'm sure you could sneak out if you really wanted to, but people I think are feeling responsible. And especially if they're going to spend time with loved ones, which most of us do on the holidays, then who wants to get pass it on to somebody else? But that's tough, right? Like that's a really hard decision to make. And that's why I think community is becoming increasingly important is we have to rethink how we spend time with people. And we've been fortunate to have all these tools. We have video phone calls through all these different platforms. We have audio messaging. We have online communities that we can join. We have text messaging, phone calls, on and on and on. There's so many ways that we can connect. Now, does it replace spending time in person? No. But if that's what we need to do, if that's what's most convenient, it can be really lovely. And I think our collective focus and emphasis on community is so wonderful. And that's actually a huge quote trend for 2022. And there's a couple levels to this that are interesting and exciting. So community is about shared interests, right? It's about building connections. It's about conversations and interacting with one another. But it's also at its root about people that feel like they can relate to one another. A buzzword is transparency, unfiltered, unscripted, organic, authentic, right? But those are keys to human connection. And we're going to see more and more of that in some different ways in the coming years, especially next year, because community is becoming this big buzzword. You'll see more apps being developed, more websites, more social media focus, more marketing around the word community, which also requires us to be very mindful. It kind of reminds me of the word authentic. That word has lost some of its authenticity for me because like it's been thrown around so much. Like it feels like it's not as substantial as it used to be which is just kind of bizarre. Like it's it's lost a lot of its meaning because people are trying to be authentic. They're faking authenticity. And that goes back to what I said earlier of like trying to pretend like they have it all figured out and their lives are perfect. Like we've been conditioned to believe we have to show ourselves that way, prove ourselves, convince others of these things that we may not really be experiencing. So my hope, but also belief based on some of this data for 2022, is that community may be redefined and focused on a whole new way. And maybe it'll be, because of transparency, ways for us to more easily tell when someone is actually authentic and the true meaning of it versus like pretending to be authentic or using authenticity as a marketing tool. But that it will require us to be very discerning I think deep connections too, like true connections that we can feel in our core and our soul are going to become bigger and bigger. And that actually has become greater importance to me. And I've taken it very, very seriously. One thing, given that I'm now hosting the show on my own, that I plan to talk more about on that kind of became a disjointed sentence. Let me rephrase it. One thing I plan to talk more about now that I'm hosting the show on my own is a community I started building in 2020 called Beyond Measure. I've talked about it here and there. And it was a project that I really wanted to do for quite some time, but 
just didn't really know how to. And I just took this leap last year and said, I meant to say 2020. I might've said 2021 accidentally, but I believe I started it in June, 2020, launched it on this platform, finally picked it, had some people involved with it to help me get it off the ground, mainly just like giving me feedback. And it's been this journey of almost two years now, well, I guess a year and a half of truly understanding what community means in a way that I didn't before I began this. Beyond Measure was this concept for me of wanting to connect with people in ways that weren't about the external, superficial things in life, like specifically ways in which we try to measure up to one another, try to prove our worth and our value, because I believe that each of us have innate value, that we have so much love to offer one another, so much so much value true in so many levels to offer one another, but that's often squelched because we're trying to prove ourselves, you know, like whether it's our appearance, like trying to look a certain way through all these different avenues that we take to feel accepted and loved and noticed. Or for me, a big thing has been on my, with my career, it's so numbers oriented. Like I'm literally trying to measure up by having a certain amount of followers or podcast downloads or whatever other metric. It was just like metric, metric, metric. Age becomes a number. I mean, I can go on and on. And I was noticing all of this and feeling so deeply sad about how much it felt like we were losing connection with one another because we were looking at these metrics. So that's the root of Beyond Measure. Started it and started connecting with people on such a deep level in ways that I didn't even know that I could, I guess. So that's been really magical. It's a project that continues to unfold. Initially, I was thinking I would offer it up to the public and charge for it, but it's been completely free and also private all this time. And I don't know when that or if that will change. But as I've said before, And I want to continue to reinforce this. If you, and I truly mean you, want to check out Beyond Measure, all you have to do is send me a message. Like, and that to me is such an important thing, like creating that one-to-one connection. And this actually is going to get me into something else in a moment. Maybe I'll just get there right now. We're so used to placing people in different like tiers, I suppose. We have like this kind of celebrity thought leader influencer mentality, which really bothers me. I'm hoping that it'll dissolve. Celebrity in general is changing drastically. We've seen the rise of the influencer in many ways take over celebrity, especially from a marketing standpoint. But data has shown year after year that influencers or content creators, whatever you want to call them, actually have more influence than most celebrities, depending on who you're looking at, right? Or you could say that influencers have become celebrities. There's so many examples of that, right? And there's, I think, a reason for that because influencers, for the most part, are seen as down-to-earth, relatable, authentic people, whereas celebrities feel like they're up on some pedestal and they're like gods or something. They're untouchable. They're, they're not like us. And that is showing as a trend to be shifting, which to me is exciting But I hope that it shifts and evens out more and is not just going to be influencers becoming celebrities, which is just as bad as what celebrities used to be, right? 
But there's some good data around this. And there's actually a phenomenal Twitter thread that I will link to again, if you're into data like I am about this. Some quotes from that is the prediction that creators will build together with their communities, blurring the line between creator and audience. Being a creator, and again, you can interchange creator with influencer. Being a creator shifts from being a quote, cult leader, top down, to being a core contributor to a community, flatter hierarchy with accountability. At a high level, we're moving from a world in which creators made their income on their own to one in which they build wealth together with communities. Lines between fans and creators blur into community ownership and the nature of what being a creator is changes and reflects new incentives. I cannot wait for this to happen. I'm ultimately already doing that. It's been a huge evolution for those that don't know. Like I was fully in this influencer creator world for a huge part of my career, I guess, like the past 10 years. And over time, I just felt so uncomfortable in that space. Like I did not want to feel like a cult leader (laughs) by any means. I didn't want this top-down approach. I didn't want to play out in this like, I'm the leader and everyone's listening to me and paying attention. Ironically, I'm running a podcast. And right now, you are listening to me speak and we're not communicating. We're not having a back and forth. But this is a big thing that's going to shift. And not just for me, but for the entire social media industry is predicted to shift into more community-oriented and more of this contribution model and circular model too. Actually, there was a great diagram I saw about the difference between like social media, quote, community and real community. And the diagram was, I think, a triangle. And at the top was like the influencer. And then like the rest of the triangle was like people in the audience versus a community is a circle so if you've ever sat in a circle with people, like I'm sure you have in school, you might have done this, but a lot of like groups get together and they sit purposefully in a circle so everyone is even and everyone takes turns. This is exactly what Beyond Measure has been. And this is, again, what I did not expect because the model I had seen over and over again was always people teaching or people speaking to a group of people, an audience that was just listening What I learned through my private Beyond Measure community was that it worked so much better when everyone was treated equally. And that truly is the ethos of Beyond Measure. And I'm very excited to see that as an industry trend, that is what's predicted to happen. And that also ties into the sponsor Simply Codes and the reason that I wanted to work with them because on their website, it says, our community is why we're number one. Simply Codes is powered by people like you. You can help your fellow shoppers by save by sharing your codes. And it's all about sharing value and thriving, literally earning rewards. Simply Codes is working on that behind the scenes. But this whole world is going to be rewarding in so many levels. I will talk more about that in another episode. I've hinted at, I've been working on this project called WellCoin. It's part of this platform called Rally, which is a Web3 cryptocurrency blockchain project. If that's all gibberish to you, don't worry. But basically, it allows creators to build these true communities where they get to reward people and everyone is sharing financial value together. I got on this platform. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm 
wearing the sweatshirt for Rally right now. I got on that platform in August 2021, simply because I was so curious about this, the Web3 technology and all of that. And Web3 is all based on community. I plan to talk a ton about Web3. I don't think we're going to be able to avoid it in 2022. This is my kind of last trend and prediction is that we are moving from what is currently right now and the end of 2021, we are in Web2 technically. I don't know when the transition to Web3 officially happens. If it does, one day we just will wake up and we'll be in what they call Web3. But that's where community comes in. That's where this technology shifts. That's where there is more equality. There is more collaboration. There is shared value. There is truly people working together. And that to me brings me so much hope for 2022 and beyond. I really hope it works out that way. I don't know about you, but I am tired of this top-down approach, this kind of like MLM mentality where the person at the top is getting all the benefits and trickles down and maybe the people at the bottom get a little bit, if any. I think this is one of the reasons why companies like Amazon, as convenient and affordable as they could be, are just not going to benefit us and hopefully may crumble. And hopefully the small businesses will thrive. And hopefully we can find a way to make it feel more circular together and community oriented. I have a big belief in that. I'm seeing the trends and the data, which should hopefully give you some faith. I'm encouraging you to rethink things and know that we're all taking it little by little. None of us know exactly what's going to happen. But hopefully it'll come to a place where we feel more connected and supported. We feel less alone. We feel less inequality. I believe it. And I hope that you do too. I will share the data in the show notes if you are interested. So if you go to wellevator.com, you will find the links to all the data. You'll also find a link to Simply Codes. If this episode has resonated with you, I feel like Simply Codes will resonate with you too. They're a small team of people. I've interacted with them directly, got to know them and thought that they would be a wonderful addition here. I wanted to make sure that you knew that there's a community right within what they're doing. There's a, you know, it's like even just using tools like that restores my faith because it's truly about people coming together to support one another in so many levels. Simply Codes is a team, a community team of people that made that. Then they developed the technology to support all different types of businesses across the web to bring them more customers. They're supporting the customers by helping them save money. And then the customers are all collaborating to help other people save money. And it's like all coming full circle in so many ways. Everybody is able to thrive. And I'm able to thrive too, right? Because I'm supporting Simply Codes by promoting them. You're saving money. You can invest in small businesses. You listening to the podcast is supporting me and Simply Codes. Like it, it's all circular. And this is what is developing throughout the upcoming stages of the web and the future. So let's celebrate that. And speaking of celebrating it, I want to make sure that you know how truly important you are to me. I don't, if I were to guess, I don't know you at all. Like, I don't know what percentage of listeners of this podcast I've actually communicated with, but I'd be willing to bet it is at most 10%, maybe 20%. Depends. 
podcasts are hard to track. You don't just get like a subscriber number. I just see like how many people listen to each episode of the show. But based on the average number, I would guess that I only hear from maybe one to 5% of you directly in terms of you reaching out regularly. So I know some of the regular listeners, but there's a huge chunk of listeners of the show that I probably have never heard from or don't know that they listen to the show. So I want to close out this episode by reinforcing the fact that I want to know you truly because that is community. My ideal would be that we would feel like we're sitting in a circle. And I think while technology evolves, there will be more and more opportunities for that. So here are the current opportunities. One is the easiest. Please send me a message, especially now that I'm on my own. It can feel a little bit lonely doing this podcast. If you reach out to me through an Instagram DM on the either Wellevator account or my Whitlords, and that's my personal account. I will link to both of them in the show notes if you have any trouble. But Wellevator, I've spelled out the name for you a few times, so you should be able to find it. DM me there if you're on Instagram. DM me on TikTok. DM me on Twitter. Like I'm on all these platforms. Facebook, you can definitely send me a message there, but I just don't check as much. It may take me a while to see your message. So social media is a great way to reach me. Email is a universal thing that most people have. So email me as well. The email address is on the Wellevator website. I just would love to hear from you. And you could actually let me hear your voice through some of these platforms that you can record audio messages on. So if you want to go the extra mile, do that. And if you really want to go the extra mile, the ultimate way to connect with me right now is to come check out the Beyond Measure community. There's no strings attached. You don't have to pay anything right now. All you have to do is send me a message through email or social media and say, Whitney, I want to check out Beyond Measure. I will send you an invite. You sign up for it. We have weekly calls, roundtable style, where everybody is heard. Everyone's contributing. You could mute yourself and not say anything if you'd like, but I just want you to know it is a place where everyone is equal is a place where everyone is heard and everyone gets to connect. And what's beautiful about Beyond Measure, you don't just get to connect with me, you get to connect with everyone else. It is truly full circle and truly equal. It's not about me. It's about us. And that's my big goal in 2022, if I haven't made it clear enough, is that community. So I would love to hear from you one-on-one. I would love to bring you into the community. I'm going to be working hard to build greater community so that you're not just listening to a podcast, but you actually feel part of a community. That word's going to burn out. I'm going to probably find another alternative for it because I like having synonyms. All right. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Simply Co's, the sponsor. Again, if you want to check them out to support me and them and yourself financially, go to simplycodes.com slash Wellevator, W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R. That'll direct you to the iOS app. If you do not use an Apple device, then just go to simplycodes.com and check out their browser extensions. And let me know what you think too when you reach out to me via message. I'll be back on Friday with the special guest. That one is my beautiful inside and out friend, Liz, and lots of great guests coming up for you in 2022. Thank you so much for listening. Bye for now. Thanks for listening and getting out of your comfort zone with us today. 
For show notes and more high-performance resources to help you thrive, go to Wellevator.com. That's W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com.